Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, September 29th. We begin with a discussion surrounding the second annual Truth and Reconciliation Day. We speak with Buddy Dixon, Indigenous Engagement Facilitator for Vibrant Communities Calgary. Buddy shares with us the history behind Orange Shirt Day, which also takes place September 30th. Then we kick off a new bi-weekly feature on the program, our Mental Health Moment. Mental health advocate and social worker Karen Gallagher-Burt joins us with a simple trick to help make everyday conversations more meaningful. And finally, you've seen him sharing his expertise on HGTV. Now you can see him in person this weekend. We catch up with the handyman superstar Brian Baumler for details on this weekend's Calgary Fall Home Show taking place at the BMO Centre. Canadians are encouraged to wear an orange shirt on September 30th to remember and honour victims of the residential school system. With insight on Orange Shirt Day, we are joined by Buddy Dixon, Vibrant Communities, Calgary's Indigenous Engagement Facilitator. Good morning to you, Buddy. Good morning. How are you both? Good. Uh, Thank you for taking the time with us and to to, to tell us about this, because I think we've all seen the orange shirts. Uh, But we want to dig into the origins and the meaning behind Orange Shirt Day. So can you tell us how it came to be? For sure. You know, um, in 2013, it actually really started in 2013. Um, with Phyllis Webstan. And Phyllis Webstan is a residential school survivor, and she was given an orange shirt by her grandmother um, to attend school. Um, So on her first day of school, she shows up, and um, when she got to the residential school there, they made her uh, take all her clothes off and and gave her, I guess, a uniform. And they never gave her orange shirt back, and Phyllis um, now has carried that on. And so that's really kind of the origin of the orange shirt days because someone took Phyllis's shirt at the residential school and and never returned it for her. So she's kind of used that orange shirt as a symbol um, to acknowledge and honor um, the students of the residential school, um, the ones that didn't come home, but also the ones that have survived. And she also uses that platform to fight racism and bullying. Curious why we went with Orange Shirt Day on the same day as National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Is it important that we continue the conversation about those two things together? Or do you feel like maybe they should have been separate? Well, the National Truth and Reconciliation Day only came a few days after um, the the horrible discovery of the 215 children at Mm -hmm. the residential school in Kamloops. So with with the um, September 30th was already kind of honoring the 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 uh, residential school survivors so i think with I, I don't know into the details of it but they are kind of similar and and they do kind of coincide with one another buddy a, a theme that comes up when we talk about this day truth and reconciliation day and and the orange shirts for that matter is increasing conversations of understanding of learning about those things that have been, you know, with us as a nation for, for, for some time, but we have not been aware of uh, en masse for the most part. What kind of conversations do you hope that Calgarians and Canadians have on the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation? Uh, I hope it's uh, conversations that they are interested in and conversations that they are leading, um, are participating in, and not just uh, extracting those conversations from Indigenous individuals. Uh, I think it's really key that um, Canadians um, and non-Indigenous folks don't just really rely heavily on Indigenous people to share this trauma over and over again <laughs> every year. Um, I think I think it's a shared leadership, and a lot of uh, Canadians and non-Indigenous folks should take the time to to go out and learn 
and educate themselves and, and be more aware of really what the Truth and Reconciliation, Reconciliation Day is, as well as uh, dive deeper into really what Orange Shirt Day is and, and how they kind of coincide and, and have, are becoming one almost. But almost, it, sorry. it's super important that we buy our orange shirts from the proper places, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it, it, it's very key that we get it, you know, first and foremost, it has to come from a, an Indigenous supplier and a local Indigenous supplier. And when I say local, we're, we're kind of in this southern Alberta, our, our Calgary Treaty 7 area. You know, we should look for, for um, I guess, providers in this area. But if we're out somewhere else and we're up in northern Alberta around the Treaty 6 and Treaty 8 territory, we should be looking in, into those uh, organizations as well. So kind of where you are is, is where you should be getting your stuff from. Okay. Buddy, your title is Indigenous Engagement Facilitator. Uh, yep. I have noticed within my house with kids that my kids, when the education portion has started, they're very interested. They retain a lot. They're telling me things that I've not known about uh, the day, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and about Orange Church. Do you find that as well, that the younger set very much embrace it and, uh, you know, to a certain extent can teach the older folks? I think so. Um Definitely the, the younger folks are, aren't exposed to the negative stereotypes of Indigenous people. Um, we, the Indigenous people, have been portrayed by two, by portrayed negatively by kind of two um, mediums, and, and that's been, you know, the big screen where, where we kind of see those negatively. Um, but also the kitchen table, you know, growing up, uh, a lot of us uh, have been stereotyped from, from families uh, around the kitchen tables, those conversations of, you know, how, how Indigenous people are portrayed, but the younger ones um, are going to break that cycle. And if we can educate them more and let them become more aware and, and discover, you know, kind of the truth and, and the shared history of, of Canada and the Indigenous people, uh, they may be the ones that, that break the cycle and make this a healthy place for, for everybody. Buddy, thanks so much for helping us continue the conversation today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Buddy Dixon, Indigenous Engagement Facilitator with Vibrant Communities Calgary. And you can go to enoughforall.ca for more information. And I think it's super important to to get answers as to where things originate. Mm -hmm. And obviously with Truth and Reconciliation Day and uh, the day for it that we recognize tomorrow, September 30th, that's great. But something is, and I don't want to say simple because that sounds, you know, like I'm minimizing it, but as simple as the color of the shirt. To, to not know. When you know, then you can, you know, perhaps, you know, take part more so and be engaged. Yeah, and I think that's the whole point of tomorrow, right, is is to ask questions, to listen, to learn, not to say what we think, but to hear what our Indigenous peoples think and, and yeah. want us to hear and want us to understand. And, and that is the whole point and the whole focus of tomorrow. And we'll certainly be you know, focusing on that as well during our show. We've been talking about it all week here yeah. and there, but yeah, more of a focus tomorrow. We're going to have everything you need, news, weather, traffic, whatever you need to start your day and, uh, you know, some laughs around the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to be sure that we respect and to do our part to, to not just, you know, bring it to you, but to learn ourselves. Uh, something that, and this is a different conversation that could be had, and it's not to just say, oh, the kids have too much time off <laughs> these days in school but they do but they have tomorrow off and that's and i understand Mine are actually in school yeah, yours are but that's the exception yes, i would say I 90 like more than which that. is weird but i was thinking back and it's a different comparison but remembrance day when we were in school we went to school on remembrance day and had these great ceremonies and observances mm-hmm. 
I'm thinking that I don't know if it's the best idea to have the kids off tomorrow because what could be done, and, you know, even if it's half a day, even if it's an hour or two, very much focusing on truth and reconciliation in the classroom setting. And it's not to say that parents can't have these conversations mm. and that we don't have a role. But, but are then, they? Yeah, and it's guaranteed then because yes. maybe if I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe some people have the day off. The kids are out of school. They're going to the lake because we've got good weather. There's nothing wrong with spending time with family, and you still might recognize and have these com- great. Yeah. But is it going to just become a, a throwaway holiday? I, I kind of agree with you, so particularly the part, for the kids in school. Yeah. yeah, agree. They should probably be in there, and and then it's almost forced learning. This is what I'm which saying. is not such a bad thing in this yeah. case. And we didn't even get the opportunity to learn about it because it wasn't talked about when no. we were in school. This morning, we're happy to be kicking off a new segment: your biweekly wellness check with mental health advocate and social worker Karen Gallagher-Burt. And uh, we're going to be asking uh, the question, how are you really doing? Good morning to you, Karen. Good morning. Before we get to that question, I think we're, we're pointing at getting beyond small talk, but really digging down with those people around us. Let's talk about your background and why is wellness important to you? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to give you the shortened CV. Uh, I was a foster parent for 20 years. My husband and I raised 50 kids, so I have a little bit of knowledge about kids and trauma. Um, And then I have a master's degree in social work, which uh, I do not do any clinical work, so nobody asked me for therapy. Um, But the knowledge and the, um, I guess, the academics from that side give me some good experience. But I think the real thing is, is that I'm someone who lives with uh, major depression. I'm someone who has a diagnosis of ADHD. I live with a partner who has depression. And we're the happiest depressed people you could ever meet. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so, you know, how do you do it? How do the both of you do it? Do you know, I think our, we've learned, this has been a long journey of 38 years together. And I think the things we've learned is about um, being honest, being using the right resources, ensuring we have a really good doctor, We've changed doctors when uh, we had someone originally that did not understand mental health. And a number of doctors really don't want to work with folks with mental health issues. So making sure you have that. And then a lot of lifestyle things and recognizing when we need someone to talk to that's not your partner. All right, Karen, let's get to the question. How are you really doing? Tell us about Hmm. the phrasing of that and why it's important to ask in that manner. You know, we're such good Canadians. We start with somebody says, hi, how are you? You say, I'm fine. How are you? Mm -hmm. And it's so rote and it's so quick to come out of our mouths. But when we walk away from those conversations, a lot of us think, well, I'm not really, but I didn't want to download or I didn't want to share. Well, if you're thinking that, so is someone else. And so is that other person who said, how are you? And maybe they were asking you to ask it differently. So having worked in suicide intervention and mental health for many years now, I have learned that you have to dig a little bit deeper and change questions. As a matter of fact, I say change it from, hi, how are you, to how are you doing today? And then you're more in the moment. You're saying, how are you actually doing today? And folks are much more likely, if you wait, to open up. And that's your opportunity. That's your opportunity to hear and support someone. Do we just, you know, barf our problems at people? Or do we go into that a little more reserved? Or is that maybe the invitation to do either? You know what? It's pick and choose, right? Some people, you're not going to say, okay, this is happening in my life and, you know, this is going on. Yeah, pick and choose. I I would say be careful where you go with that because you you know. You know the people in your life and you know who are the ones that might be a little more judgmental. Um, Maybe the ones that don't understand that mental health is just health. Uh, It's just another part of your brain that's not working well. Um, So I think you pick and choose. But I think sometimes strangers 
are actually the best. I, I joke that when my husband and I go to parties, he says, within four minutes, I'm in a corner with a man. And I've asked him to change that language. Um, but the reality is when someone finds out what I do, they will circle until they have a chance to talk to me mm. and let me know what's going on in their life. It's interesting. And they're giving us the tools to, to, to try to check in with those around us just by the verbiage and mm-hmm. the conversations that we start. How yeah. are you really doing? Well, How are you doing today? I like that. Working in suicide, I was going to mention that... Um, one of the big things people have a myth about with suicide is that if you ask someone if they're suicidal, if you'll put the thought in their head, and that's absolutely no truth mm-hmm. to that whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you ask that question, people are very grateful. Wow. And if they're not suicidal, they'll just look at you and say no. Yep. Um, and if they are, they might hesitate and they might tell you a little bit more. Yeah. Then you have a chance to help yeah. them support them. It's all about the conversation. Thanks so much for your time. Very insightful. Cheers. Thanks, Karen. All right. Happy Thursday. Happy coffee day. Thanks. Yes. You too. That's uh, Karen uh, Gallagher Burt, a mental health advocate and social worker. If you're thinking about tackling a home renovation this fall, then you ought to head down to the Calgary Fall Home Show this weekend for advice and tips from experts like this morning's guest, Brian Baumler, HGTV host of Island of Brian, Brian Inc., Leave It to Brian, and Renovation Resort premiering in early 2023. Hi, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I don't know how you ever have time with all those crazy shows that you're doing, but we're glad. I know you're on the road. You're heading up to Calgary from the U.S. Do you have kind of a, a plan in place when you come and, and, and attend these home shows? Do you sort of have a theme or a focus when you show? Jeez, everybody asks me that, and, and they're, they're searching for an answer, but I'll be up, completely honest. I, I don't prepare for home shows or, or talks or appearances. I, I like to interact with the crowd and mm-hmm. see what people want to know about and and uh, you know typically it's it's how i got started in this business and and you know some some behind the scenes uh, you know peek behind the curtain of production and construction uh and and you know i have i have lots of stories we've done a few crazy things over the past few years so we there's always a lot to talk about well i'm wondering if the questions you get brian because you you do these things you're on the circuit people know who you are it's a passion of yours do you find different questions and different interests in different Canadian cities or, or, or do we all have the same interests? I think generally, you know, I, I, I would say most people want to know, you know, how to save money, where to put their money, where to, where to make investments in their home that will pay off in the long run. Um, you know, there, there's some specific questions that are, that are, you know, area specific, like in the prairies, I get questions about wood foundations and, you know, in, in the colder areas, it's about insulation, and, and uh, in the wetter areas, it's roofing. So, But generally, people want to know, where should I put my money uh, to, to, you know, to actually be able to retire and own a home when I'm finished? Brian, where do I put my money in order to actually be able to retire? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should come down to the show. Um, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people, you know, we've, we've lived in this society of consumerism and, and you know, cosmetics, and and that applies to homes as well. And I tell people, put your money into things that will reduce the operating costs and the long-term maintenance costs of your home. Uh, take that savings in operating and maintenance costs and invest that. And by the time you've paid your mortgage off, you've got a million dollars in the bank that you can retire on. A lot of Canadians are looking at a situation now where they have to sell their principal home when they're retired in order to survive and, and retire and have any type of life. Um, and younger people are looking at how do I get into the market? It's insanely expensive. Um, so there's, there's strategies to do that. I talk about ways to stick to your budget when you're renovating, uh, and just, just common problems that people run into that I've experienced myself and continue to experience, um, and, and share that, share that knowledge. 
The importance of something like the Calgary Fall and Home Show as far as, you know, that kind of that one-stop shop. We know what it's like for consumers and good to have things back uh, post-pandemic. So for you, this is such a part of what you do, getting out and meeting the people. How does it feel to be back? Did, did you miss it after a couple of years uh, through the pandemic? It feels amazing. And, and we, we did have a... I mean, we, we had a pretty soft pandemic, I have to admit. We lived on an island where we could, you know, fish and relax on the beach and, and hide from everything. But it but it was a scary time. We had just spent, you know, our life savings renovating a hotel. And a week later, the world shut down. International travel came to a stop. So it was it was stressful. So it is nice to get back and, and travel and, and, you know, see different places. And it makes the world feel a little smaller. It makes people feel a little closer. And, and I think everybody's been missing that face-to-face connection. So, Brian, when people come down to the show, they see you, is it a chance, is that kind of what it is? You just hang out on the stage and people throw questions at you and you try to answer as best you can? They throw all kinds of stuff at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I usually start with, uh, you know, a little bit of information on what we've been up to the past few years. And, and I'll talk about it again, you know, some of the, the secrets and things that you don't necessarily see behind the curtain of television um, and and definitely get involved in questions. And I get everything from... You know, how do you manage a family through all of this to to very specific, you know, how do I stop a leak in my foundation questions? And usually the crowd and just, you know, the, the temperature of the room kind of guides the talk. And we normally have a lot of fun, have a couple of laughs. And, you know, nothing is nothing is out of bounds uh, with me. So we, we have a lot of fun. I, I stick around for an hour or so after and, you know, try and say hi to as many people as I can and, and get around to see some of our Baumler proof contractors that are at the show as well and uh, just have a lot of fun. Look at this guy. He is accessible. He's going to be there <laughs> in the flesh. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. We're looking forward to the show. I can't wait to get there. We'll see you in a couple of days. Good stuff. It's Brian Baumler, HGTV, host of Island of Brian. Brian Incorporated. Leave it to Brian in Renovation Resort, which premieres next year. Boy, he's got it all going on, mm-hmm. including his appearance. Uh, t- kicking off tomorrow right through to the 2nd of October at the BMO Center. Full details and to get your tickets, it's calgaryfallhomeshow.com.